بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن والاهم وبعد Welcome back to another episode of Words and Wisdom Wednesdays In this podcast, we cover the ahadith which were mentioned by Imam Al-Qudai in his book Musnad al-Shihab which is a large collection of small hadith a large collection of small hadith each hadith is about two to three words so succinct phrases from jawami al-kalim from the conciseness of speech of the prophet my name is joe bradford and what we do in this podcast is simply mention the ahadith mention where they're narrated a little bit about their grading and then give a open-ended explanation. We take about 10 to 15 minutes. This is not scripted in any way, so you might hear me pause, you might hear me stutter, but I hope that you enjoy it and I hope that you are able to benefit from it. And really one of the reasons why I started this was because, you know, one of the things that, alhamdulillah, I've been blessed to gain some level of expertise in is the, the area of zakat. And my book, Simple Zakat Guide, has, alhamdulillah, been a bestseller. It's available on Amazon. But one of the things that the scholars of zakat always mention, and this comes up every Ramadan, you know, they mention that many of the salaf, they used to say, Ya ashab al-hadith, addu zakat hadithikum O companions, or O people of hadith, Give the zakat of your hadith. Min kulli mi'ati hadithin, min kulli mi'ati hadithin, i'malu bi khamsin. From every 200 hadith, act according to at least five of them. And in some, you know, narrations, and these aren't, hadith, these aren't a hadith themselves, so it's not like we have to be that exact. They would say, min kulli mi'ati hadithin, irru khamsa, narrate. Five of them from every 20 that you actually narrate, narrate to other people five of them. So, the idea of this podcast is really zakat al-hadith. It's really, you know, pain, um, purifying the wealth that one was given um, and making it accessible for you in ways that, inshallah ta'ala, is easy for you to um, access. So, today we want to talk about two hadith. Disclaimer. These two hadith are weak. Disclaimer. These two hadith are weak. They are not to be attributed to the Prophet ﷺ. If you're wondering how we can call it a hadith and say it can't be attributed to the Prophet ﷺ, hadith is simply a category of narration that has been at some time attributed to the Prophet ﷺ and does not necessarily mean that it is authentically translated, or I'm sorry, transmitted from him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and we can learn more about that uh, together, inshallah ta'ala, in uh, the usul al-hadith class that I'll be doing at courses.joebradford.net, so you can go there and check it out and uh, sign up if you like. Okay, so what are these two hadith? Well, the first is it said, al-idatu atiyyah, a promise is a gift. And this was narrated by Abu Naim in his Hilya from Ibn Mas'ud. And the other is Al-Idatu Dain, that the pro- a promise 
is a debt. And this was also narrated by Ibn Naim, as well as At-Tabarani. And both of these uh, hadith have problems with their isnad. So, for example, um, you know, there are people in these chains of narration which are unknown. There are people in the chains of narration who are weak. And you can see, you know, more information about this in like Silsilat al-Ahadith al-Da'if wal-Mawdu'ah by Shaykh al-Albani, rahimahullah, which is probably one of the most expansive works uh, on hadith which has been done um, in any recent time. I would probably say between, you know, um, between Imam al-Iraqi and his uh, coverage of al-Ghazali's Ihya, as well as probably Ibn al-Jawzi or Ibn Abdul Hadi al-Tanqih. Um, those are some of the more expansive works of Takhrij. But, um, you know, Shaykh al-Albani, rahimahullah, and then you have obviously, you know, Talkhiz uh, al-Habir and others, uh, they, they're very much focused on individual books, whereas Shaykh al-Albani, rahimahullah, was basically trying to really just do massive amounts of inductive work from from the corpus of hadith, both printed and manuscript, so on and so forth. Regardless, agree with his conclusions, disagree with him, but he was definitely a scholar, and definitely, you know, when he had, came to a conclusion about something being weak, it pretty much was weak. Now... He wasn't the first to say this. Uh, Al-Iraqi himself, rahimahullah, has said about these ahadith that they were weak, or at least the first one, Al-Idatu Atiyah, that the promise is a gift. And uh, we mentioned before, you know, why would we, why would scholars and why would we even want to talk about something that's not attributable to, attributable to the Prophet, alayhi Well, think about it like this. Somebody says, Oh well, you know what did uh, what did Joe talk about in the khutbah last Friday? Oh well, in the khutbah last Friday, he talked about how we all need to shut up and just step back and be quiet. And somebody says, "Man, he didn't say the word shut up. He never even said anything close to that." Say, "Okay, okay, okay. He didn't say that, but the whole thing was about being quiet and silence and how that's." A good thing. Well, yeah, okay, you're, you're correct. So the phrases are wrong, can be wrong and wrongfully attributed to a person, but the meaning can be in line with the general precept of whatever they said. So you'll find that at times some of the weak hadith um, are narrated and they are continued to be mentioned because they actually were statements of the Sahaba or they were reiterations of a larger message and then wrongfully attributed to the Prophet. So we don't attribute them to him, but we still mention them for, because they're like a key to getting into all of that other information that we talk about, being mawquf, you know, being narrated from the Sahaba. So these are actually narrated mawqufan. Uh, in mawquf form, meaning that they only go back to the Sahabi from Ibn Mas'ud and others. So, what is, uh, what is it meant, or what's meant when we say al-idatu atiyah, that the promise is a gift? Well, let's take a step back and let's say, let's say, what 
are the fundamental texts which actually cover the idea of promises. In the Quran, you have وَأَوْفُوا بِالْعَهْدِ and fulfill your promises. Uh, and in the Hadith, you have the Prophet ﷺ describing the hypocrites and saying one of the four categories of a hypocrite is وَإِذَا وَعَدَ أَخْلَفْ and when he promises, he betrays that promise or breaks that promise. So those are the those are the two texts that really, um, you know, drill down for us the idea of promises in the Quran and the Sunnah. So the obligation of fulfilling a promise is something which um, is paramount, and we really have to make sure that we we stick to. Now, why would uh, why would the What's the idea of, you know, that the promise is a gift? Well, as Al-Hafid ibn Rajab says in Jami' Ulum al-Hikam, that uh, this is authentic going back to Ibn Mas'ud. And it's also narrated in the Marasil of Al-Hasan. And one of the reasons why you would say that a promise is a gift is to emphasize the idea of not only its obligation, but also the, the, the prohibition of going back on your promise. The prohibition of going back on your promise. So why was going back on a promise prohibited? Uh, well, the Prophet ﷺ said in another hadith, he said in another hadith, Al-A'idu fi hibatihi kal that the one who goes back on his gift takes back his gift is like a dog that vomits and then laps it back up and yeah, Imam Ahmad rahimahullah, he used to say لَيْسَ لِلْمُؤْمِنِ مَثَلُ السَّوْءِ a believer should not take upon himself a bad example. This is what the, the lesson of this hadith is. So the idea of the believer not taking on that bad example, not being like that dog that laps up its own vomit, is the same thing Ibn Mas'ud is trying to get across in a secondary sense of saying that just like you wouldn't want to be the dog that laps up its vomit by giving a gift and then, not, and then taking it back, you don't want to have to give a promise and then take it back because a promise is a gift. And it's actually in another narration from him, Al-Idatu that the, uh, that, the, that the promise is a present. Um, so, um, you know, it's also been, you know, it's also been um, uh, narrated from Abu Hurairah, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, مَنْ قَالَ لِصَبِيًّا تَعَالْ هَاكَ تَمْرًا ثُمَّ لَا يُعْطِيهِ شَيْئًا فَهِيَ كِذْبًا That whoever says to a child, Huh, take this date, take a date, and then there's no date for you to give, then you have told a lie. So, you know, it's important for us to fulfill our promises. And this idea of promise, uh, of a promise, not only does it span the ethical uh, arena of thought in Islamic thought it also extends into law and so just as you have in common law this very lengthy debate about 
whether promise is a contract or not. Muslim scholars also debated this issue, and they said, is a promise a contract? Well, some scholars obviously held every promise to be a contract, so every promise that was brought to them and adjudicated is adjudicated as being a binding contract. And others said that, no, it's not a contract, and therefore, you know, contracts have, um, you know, very uh, well-known um, well-known stipulations. Now, the probably the, the third the third position and the more um, the more you know level-headed or middle ground position was that if the promise had an expectation of performance that would bring detriment to the person who was promised something, then they can adjudicate and take damages for that. They can adjudicate and take damages for that. And so this has been narrated from, or this has been related uh, from uh, Malik and others, Rahimahullah. Ibn Rajab in uh, his Al-Qawaid uh, talks about this a bit, about how uh, even you know non-binding contracts Optional contracts can at times be adjudicated because of the implicit promise of performance and expectation of performance when it results in some form of damage to the one who was promised something, right? So let me give you an example. You, your child is going to go off to college and you say to them, hey, look, when you're ready to drive to college, I'll drive you. Because I have a car and you don't have a car. And you live maybe two hours from the closest bus station. Two hours from wherever they're going to be able to get a place. Or wherever they're going to be able to get a ride. The day of, in fact, the hour of, the minute of, you say, hey man, I'm sorry. You're my son, but um, I do whatever I want. And I can't take you to college. Now, this college your child's going to has to be, you know, they have to show up at a certain time for curfew. They have to check in at a certain time. They have to do certain things. Otherwise, they will be a late registrant and they will not be able to uh, gain uh, access to certain things and they'll have to pay fines and so on and so forth. So not only did you cost your child a ride to school, but you also made to have them pay for an Uber or a taxi um, or at least to the bus, and then from the bus to the school, and then pay all those fines at the school. So your child could reasonably go to the judge and say, look, I know that this promise was just a promise, but my expectation was until the very moment of that they were going to fulfill it. And now I've incurred hundreds, if not thousands of dollars of damages because of what they've done. I think that I'm due something for those damages. It's unethical and it's unbecoming of the Muslim to break their promise at the very last minute. Muslims should not take on a bad example. So, you know, um, you know that is that is the idea of al-idatu atiyah. A promise is a uh, is a gift. A promise is a present. That a promise is a debt, meaning that one one wants to promise something, then they are indebted to that person until they fulfill it. And as we mentioned before, it's 
one of the acts of the hypocrites to promise and then break those promise, promises. And the Prophet ﷺ said in another hadith, in uh, you know the, the in in the Sahihain or in the Sahih, "Yakum al kadib fa'in al kadib yahdi ila al fujur wa'in al fujura yahdi ila nar." Beware of lying, because lying guides one to sinfulness or iniquity, and iniquity takes one to hell. Also, um, you know the the idea of of promise is is the fulfillment of the needs of others, and it's extremely important to reorient the way that we look at the needs of others when they ask us for something and then we promise them. Because many times we can become a little perturbed, a little angered, uh, a little self-righteous when all people do is come to us and ask us for things. And, you know, this is something that I used to uh, get a little angry at. And, you know, people go, hey, man, I, you know, you have, we were students in Medina. And somebody would say, hey, man, you know, uh, you've got a car. Can you take me some so, such and such place? Can, uh, you know, you can pick me up in my family and do this, um, you know, and, and asking for a car for money or whatever it was. But... You know, on Eid, you know, get a call from them. You know, on uh, on um, you know in Ramadan, they weren't inviting you for iftar. You know, they were doing their own thing, and I used to get really upset about that. And then I realized that what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wants from me is to be a conduit for His mercy and His aid and His help and the good that He's had, that He's destined for that person. And protect me from anything else from that person. So, in reality, Allah is keeping me for Himself, and only giving of me that which that person um, advances that person in good. And so, you know, when you reorient the way that you think about the way people come to you, it actually should encourage you to fulfill your promises even more, because then you will. Uh, be able to look at that promise that you made as a way of you fulfilling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will and divine mercy. Those who show mercy will be shown mercy by the most merciful. Have mercy on those on the earth. He above the heavens will have mercy upon you. So those are the two hadith that we're going to cover today, and we will, we've gone actually a little longer than, than usual, but anyway, I do hope that you enjoyed it, and I'll see you next Monday, or I'm sorry, next Wednesday for Words and Wisdom Wednesdays, and if you like this, subscribe on SoundCloud at SoundCloud forward, soundcloud.com forward slash Joe Bradford podcast. You can find the link on my website, joebradford.net. And if you want more information beyond just podcasts, go to courses.joebradford.net and sign up. Salaam alaikum.